0: To subscribe, just click Try Free at the top of the Death, Sex, and Money show page on Apple Podcasts, or visit slate.com slash dsmplus to get access wherever you listen. Thanks.
1: Marissa and I started to look like a straight couple instead of, like, some sort of queerish
0: mishmash. This is Death, Sex, and Money. Do you think the sexual revolution has gone too far? The show from WNYC about the things we think about a lot.
1: Money isn't real, George. doesn't matter.
0: It only seems like it does. And need to talk about more. You guys want to go see a dead body? I'm Anna Sale. Liam had been crushing on Marissa for a while when it happened.
1: We were both getting on the same subway And I needed to get off the train and transfer, but I was so wrapped up and excited in seeing her that I just stayed on the train.
0: Liam Lowry was a freshman at Fordham. He'd noticed Marissa's cool haircut and worn cowboy boots in the campus cafe a few months before. Marissa Carroll was older, a sophomore. We had some mutual
2: friends. I was casually dating other people. So she didn't think much about it when Liam asked her to coffee. And then we, he walked me home after, tried to plan a kiss on me as, I, as we said goodbye, and I shut it down. That you did. That wasn't within the rules of the game. <laughs> I felt like we had met on friendly ground. <laughs> but the act of him having come on to me in that way, I just couldn't get him out of my head. I reached out to Liam on Facebook chat. <laughs> so when that Facebook chat popped up on your computer screen,
0: you were stoked. Um then I was panicking
1: because oh. I was I was very I was very excited initially and also I felt like she was instigating it. And I was like, "Oh, this is a very big shift." So then I think I texted you and asked you if I could bring anything and you said, "Yeah, if you want to get like a Diet Dr Pepper." And I was like, okay, yes. And then once I had, like, a task to do, I felt a lot more comfortable.
0: What happened by the end of that night together?
1: Made out. Yeah, totally made out. (laughs) It was great. (laughs) I don't know. It felt like a transformative experience. Uh, I was very, at that point, familiar with transformations.
0: Liam wasn't always Liam. Liam. He'd been born a girl.
1: I'd previously come out to my family as trans and I knew I was transgender and doing the whole name change, uh, you know, deleting the old Facebook, all that kind of stuff. Um, You created
0: a new profile?
1: Yeah, I just deleted everyone because no one, when I came out at the end of high school, I didn't receive a lot of good feedback um, from people who I thought were my friends. And so I was like, let's just burn it down. Let's start over.
0: And Liam, at this point, where were you in the process of transitioning?
1: It was clear to me that there were some things I was going to want to change physically. What was challenging was at that point I had been like, okay, someday I would like to get chest surgery, reconstructive chest surgery, top surgery, and I also would like to start testosterone. So I I was starting to reckon with that me being trans wasn't going to be like me having an eye color or a hair color. It was going to be a very big part of my life. I had no desire to be in a relationship before I met Marissa because I was like I have so much work to do and yet how could I not then once I met
0: her did you not have a moment though of just like oh my gosh I've got so much I need to focus on myself this is a lot I'm going through that
1: happened later
0: (laughs) when did that happen
1: that happened after we'd been dating about six months I was just like I just don't know what we're doing I think we should break up
2: I got dumped (laughs) (laughs) is that what it felt like That's what it was. I totally got dumped.
0: Before Marissa met Liam, she'd always thought of herself as straight. This was different, because to be clear, even before Marissa met Liam, she'd heard about this guy on campus who
2: was trans. That was something that people wanted to talk about. Oh, Um, so Liam
0: was a transgender celebrity on campus. Oh,
2: total, big celebrity. Their relationship had gotten
0: really intense, really fast, to a point. Did you introduce Liam to people in your life, your family?
2: No. <laughs> I introduced Liam to various friends and people in New York. Um, but I, even if there wasn't identity questions involved, I don't know if I would have introduced someone I was dating to my family at that point. So it just seemed like something that we didn't have to discuss. <laughs> um.
0: Was Liam, I mean, this is in the era of social media, was, were you and Liam on Facebook together?
2: We were on Facebook but we were not Facebook official, <laughs> which is an important – it was a sticking, point. Was yeah. a sticking yeah. point. I didn't want to have that be public on social media.
1: You didn't want me to post on your wall, though.
2: I didn't want him to post on my wall. Yeah, what was it about the wall? Because <laughs> then people would get the idea, if you were only posting all the time, that we were in a relationship or something. God forbid. God forbid. I was not, um, I wasn't ready to commit to what our relationship meant and to commit to what being in a relationship with Liam meant. And I think that really showed me that I had to commit to him 100% and to all of him. Why did you get back together? Or how did you get back together? Oh,
1: I realized immediately it was a horrible mistake. Marissa had written me a letter. I immediately, you know, wanted to call her and say, this is a horrible mistake. I'm an idiot. But part of it for me was like, oh my God, I'm going to include you on this journey of me starting making all these huge changes that I've waited, you know, my whole life to do essentially. And you won't even be, you won't even have me write on your wall or be in a Facebook relationship with me, which is a very silly yardstick. And to me-
0: it's also a very appropriate one, Is, right? If at I'm... the time, at the time, it
1: was it was entirely appropriate because, of course, at the time, I was really like, I can't, I can't have you be in this if you're not going to fully commit to me and commit to me being out publicly. Um, so I waited, and I forget exactly how long because I was just like in torment. And then I don't know, we just saw each other, and it really was that was sort of the second big transformation. Mm. I remember you were wearing a white shirt, and I brought you <laughs> flowers, and we walked to your apartment from the Metro North Station, and it just felt really different. Like all the same things were there, all the same, you know, attraction and intense emotional connection, but you were holding my hand the whole way.
0: Coming up, what's changed and what hasn't in the three and a half years since Liam started testosterone? It
1: started getting really hairy. Everywhere. (laughs) And um, my voice started to get lower, things like that.
0: There are about 700,000 trans people in the U.S., according to the Williams Institute at UCLA. That's a bigger population than Seattle. It includes JJ, a listener in Connecticut. He shared his story after hearing we were working on an episode with Liam and Marissa. We met in 97 on an AOL (laughs) dating board. He and his partner fell in love. At that point, they were both living as women, as lesbians. But they shared a discomfort with their bodies. They were together for 10 years. They got married. They built a life in the California suburbs together until they split up. JJ moved back east to be near family. Once I got to Connecticut, I'm like, oh, my God, where'd all these trans guys come from? It's like they grow them like on beanstalks out here. (laughs) <laughs> like, what the hell? It helped him work up the nerve to begin medical interventions. Separately, his former partner transitioned and now lives as a man. People at work don't know he was born female. And now they've just started talking about getting back together.
2: In the past, I was all about being out and being, and I'm like, now,
0: I don't give a shit. <laughs> Whatever it takes to make the relationship work is what we're going to do. Because that's more important. We'll send you more listener stories in the new Death, Sex, and Money newsletter. It comes out every Wednesday. There are updates about what we're working on and other stories and podcasts we're listening to. Go to our website to sign up at deathsexmoney.org. The sign-up is in the right-hand column. On the next episode, Lawrence Bartley. He's been behind bars since 1990 for murder, since he was 17. He got married in prison and now has two young boys— the older one is seven. He, he says things like, why does all the daddies in here wear green pants? You know, why do the daddies have to stand up? They're we have to stand up in the visit room in order to be counted. I explained to him one time that he didn't get it, so I'm waiting for that moment when he really, really gets it so I can really explain to him because I don't want to shatter his world right now. But I don't want to lie to him. That's what I don't want to do. This is Death, Sex, and Money from WNYC. I'm Anna Sale. After he started injecting hormones, Liam Lowry watched his body change. And then he started noticing other things.
1: Definitely became harder to cry. didn't, like, tears didn't well up in my eyes as much. And that was, like, the biggest one I saw.
0: Huh. Were you scared of the emotional changes?
1: Yeah, because I was scared that I would get turned into a man against my will. Um, And that, you know, those things about myself that I liked or that I thought made me a good partner, I was so scared they would just get washed away.
0: Did you notice any changes in what happened when there was fighting or conflict between you two? Do you think so?
2: I think that we had more difficulty talking things out.
1: I I remember one argument we had was I would do an injection and my leg would be like so tingly and it was just really this odd sensation. I was like, oh, my leg is so tingly. And Marissa was like, what? And I was like, my leg is tingling a lot. And she was like, are you okay? Do we need to go to the hospital? And then I was just like, what are you, of course we don't need to go to the hospital. Why? You don't understand. That's sort of when I started to become like There was this very harmful time pretty soon after that where my gut reaction when she wouldn't instantly understand from like two words what I was talking about. I'd be like, I'm trans. You don't get it. I'm trans. You're not. Whatever. Thank God that got quashed. I think pretty soon because you were like, no, like I just don't understand because you're not telling me. So how could I understand this thing I've never done before? But, yeah, that's more what I remember of that time was having this feeling of, like—
2: Feeling misunderstood.
1: Misunderstood constantly.
0: Well, and also that you are going through a lot of this alone, even as you're in a relationship.
1: Yeah, and being worried about ruining our relationship because of this change that I'm making um, that then, of course, you know, I couldn't help but feel like I had this commitment to myself that I was going to do this before I ever met you. And this is a Mm non-negotiable. There were moments, like there are times where it's like, you know, you cannot understand this. Like this is something that I know that you'll never know. Um, But I will say to have that be my baseline, to have that be my, oh, if you don't get something, it's probably because of this was not healthy for us and wasn't healthy for me because it really made me feel like I was, like, at war with the world, including the person that I loved, Um, especially when I was going through a lot of changes and for kind of the first time ever um, feeling like I didn't even know myself.
0: Did you ever get really angry when he would tell you that, that you didn't understand, that you weren't doing enough to be supportive?
2: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, I loved him like that's really that's like the the answer to why I was able to kind of weather that period is just cuz I loved him and I was like you I and I wasn't thinking about what we'd do in the future I was thinking I can't get through a day if I don't spend time with you or talk to you but yeah I think it's very um very hurtful to feel like I am just trying to I'm really putting in the effort to try to be to try to be a good partner and to try to be supportive um and I'm getting kind of shot down and then at the same time feeling like I have to put on the appearance of not feeling hurt because you're right you are the person who's going through this you are the person who's suffered you are the person who's finally being able to kind of become the person they want to be I didn't want to make him feel like I was another person in the world not supporting his journey you know
0: Liam's choice to do just top surgery, on the chest, and not on the bottom, on the genitals, is not uncommon. It has a bigger impact on the outward appearance, and at a certain point, costs can get prohibitive. Plus, not everyone wants it. Did your intimate relationships, did your sex life change as your body changed?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I'd say that it did, but I'd say that the biggest change was sort of like when we started dating— our sex life was great. Not to be too bold, but I think it was fantastic. (laughs) But it's worth mentioning, I guess, I had never been nude in front of anyone except Marissa Hmm. or a doctor. And before that, I had never been nude with myself except to shower quickly without looking down at my body. So I had some definite disconnect. And so to get told by someone who I was so into you're not only am I attracted to you, I'm attracted to you without clothes as well. And you're very <laughs> hot and I like you um, was really special. But then as I started to sort of like have the changes in my body that I wanted, it was sort of different for me because I was starting to communicate likes and dislikes in a way that I had never done before because I had never really known before
2: and then I took that as oh so this has all been a sham (laughs) like oh you didn't actually enjoy being with me this whole time I thought I'm having like the best relationship the best sex of my life and you were were not into it and have misled me Um, which I didn't so much say out loud but it's definitely how I felt how I felt kind of when I was thinking about it on my own I felt kind of not betrayed. I just felt kind of sad. I was like, oh, this this stinks. Like, what does this mean about our relationship? Yeah. Did
0: this not count before
2: Totally transition? Yeah. It's like, this counted for me, so did it not count for you?
0: They've been working through all this
2: for years now.
0: They both graduated college. Liam is in law school and working as a trans activist. Marissa is a writer at Marie Claire Magazine. They live together in Queens. That doesn't mean they've figured it all out. It was hard when it was finally time for Liam's surgery
2: last spring. I was really scared um, because it's a major surgery um, in which they put you under. Um, it's expensive. It's um, It meant that he couldn't um, work for months afterwards, um, which the even though I wouldn't be paying for his surgery, we live together, we share our bills, all these things. like It mattered if Liam wasn't working. But more than that, I was just like, I think you've got a rock and bod. Like, I like you. Like, I love you. And I think that you're sexy and beautiful and all that the way you are. Um, And I think I said that once. And the response wasn't like, he didn't, like, shut me down, but he had a very real conversation with me about, like, you know, I appreciate that, but this is how I feel.
1: (laughs) It was sort of like the conversation, I remember it as me... Needing to learn to tell you what I needed to hear from mm-hmm. you and and also like needing to give you space to say like, I want to talk about your feelings, but right now I need you to, to say this to me. I need you to communicate to me that you understand that this isn't a choice for me and I, we have to do it. And then to also say, and I want to talk with you about how you're feeling because I know you can't be feeling good. Um, instead of sort of just very black and white looking at it as like, I promise myself I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I don't really care.
0: How did you pay for that surgery?
1: I received help from my parents. Um, actually it was, it was sort of a, it was sort of funny because I, I was sort of saving money ambiguously like for a top surgery at some point and I wound up instead, uh, Purchasing an engagement ring, um, oh my
0: gosh. <laughs> and
1: which I don't regret, which was the right choice because, you know, that was part of it too Is is when it's natural if I were to pit it in my head as my transition and Marissa are at odds and I must choose one over the other.
0: When <laughs> they're know. coming out of the same bank account.
1: <laughs> right, right. And that's mm-hmm. part of it.
2: All of this, I was not privy to, by the way, no. and that is not the decision that I would have made. I know with it's Liam's not yes. <laughs>
1: However, that's what it was, and so, and I, it was my choice, and I made totally. it. The top surgery, it's going to happen when it's going to happen. Like I'm going to work it out. Something will. Something's got to give. Whatever, and so I had some savings left, but it was not near enough. And insurance was actually supposed to cover my top surgery. And so we we set it up and, and I was so excited because I was like, finally, we're going to get this done. Because mm-hmm. at that point, that's what it felt like for me. It was the same as when I started testosterone. I was like checking things off a list more so than feeling like I need to, you know, to be a f- full human, I need to do this. It was sort of like, ugh, this again, like whatever. And then a little bit before my surgery, uh, the insurance company backed out. Like
0: days before. Like days
1: before, like less than a week.
0: Liam told his parents, who hadn't always understood his trans identity.
1: My dad was like, well, you still have the date, right? And why don't we, it's a wedding present, and we'll take care of it for you.
0: It's a wedding present.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was really, that meant a lot to me.
0: Why look ahead to marriage at this point?
1: Is that one for me? Okay. Uh, That one's for Liam. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess part of it, or a big part of it, was when I got my name legally changed, I'd been going as Liam for a year. But it didn't change what was on my ID card. It didn't change that when I got carded, you know, somebody would be like, oh, Liam. So your driver's
0: license was not Liam?
1: No. And I had to live that way for a year, knowing this like really true, absolutely undeniable thing, and not being able to have it recognized legally. And that's what sort of marriage, the shift meant for me. It wasn't about have we made a lifelong commitment to each other? Are we sure? At the end of the day, it's like, for me, it's about the piece of paper, as as silly as that might sound.
0: So you volleyed that over to Liam pretty quickly. Did, did you feel
2: did you feel comfortable with the idea of getting married? I mean, it's you're in your mid twenties. Yeah, um, I feel really psyched. Um, I am not the mastermind behind this plan, however, um, and being a you know a, a mid twenties woman of New York, um, it's not something that you that is a default for me. It's not something I um, Liam talked about wanting to make a lifelong commitment. I think we've made a lifelong commitment. Like I think we could, or at least I felt at the time, like we like this thing is locked in. Like we don't need to to have a tax incentive related reason. Um, But if this is something that means that to you, like if it is, if marriage is important to you, then I'm totally on board because I'm. If you're if you're driving this train, I'm like sitting sitting in the (laughs) first-class car. (laughs) Like, I'm all about it.
0: The way you describe your decisiveness, Liam, is striking. Like, the sense of there are things that you've known and they've been unquestionable about things like going on hormone therapy, doing the surgery, getting married. Are there things that you think back you know in in previous versions of yourself that you miss
1: um, no, I was so unhappy i I mostly remember being really unhappy as like a kid and a teenager, and I'm sure there were a variety of reasons, but for me, a lot of it was about the gender identity piece and I just ever since I've been with Marissa, I've never felt that. Way before. Uh, you know, like I've never felt that sort of like, even when things are a nightmare and mm-hmm. something t- and the insurance company just called and said they're not covering my surgery and what are we going to do? I've never felt that haze of sadness uh, covering everything. Yeah. Can I say one more thing? Yeah. I. I think because of maybe the setting and wanting not to sound mushy I um I want the you know the legal recognition of being married to Marissa but um being with her is the greatest joy of my life and is what I want to do forever and that's why I want to get married to you just to clear it up <laughs>
2: Look at those testosterone-fueled tears. (laughs) How do you say no to that, right?
0: (laughs) Liam Lowry and Marissa Carroll. They just got married at Liam's parents' house on Thanksgiving Day. Death, Sex, and Money is a production of WNYC. The team includes Katie Bishop, Emily Boteen, James Ramsey, Jenna Weiss Berman, Chris Bannon, Greg Rippin, and Jim Briggs. I'm on Twitter at Anna Sale. Death, Sex and Money is on Facebook. If you like us, like our page and sign up for the new weekly newsletter on our website. Go to DeathSexMoney.org. The sign-up is on the right hand side, and all of our episodes are there too. There are also pictures there of Liam and Marissa, including a photo from their wedding day. You appear like a straight white guy. Exactly. I mean, you're you're over six feet tall. Yes. You have broad shoulders. Accurate. <laughs> you're like you're the masculine ideal.
1: Exactly. With appearing like yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've almost just gone out and just pierced up my whole face because I wanted to be um, visibly queer again, and I missed that.